We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome, Bears fans, to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and of course, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. We're recording this episode on Tuesday, December 27th, following the Bears' loss to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday uh, in a 35-13 game, where the Bears, you know, they hung around uh, for most of this one. I think it was one possession game early in the fourth quarter before the Bills eventually just pulled away late and, um, you know, makes the score look a little bit more lopsided than what the game actually was. But, you know, we have a lot to talk about today. Before we get to it, you said, how are we doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, we're coming down to the end of the season here. The Bears have two games left, so the end's certainly near. But I also think that considering the mood in the locker room, when I talked to some of the players after this Bills game, you can kind of tell, like, a lot of the younger guys, such as a Jaquan Brisker or Kyler Gordon, they are optimistic for the future. But then there's also some veterans like a Justin Jones who are like, hey, you know what? We've been in the NFL for so long. We hate losing. We're just ready for the season to end. Now, with that said, don't get my words twisted. I still think the Bears have built a lot this year and that locker room has really stuck together because sticking together as a team when you're such a young team in the NFL during a losing season is never an easy thing to do. Yeah, it's tough when you're when you're losing a lot of games, it can it can get ugly pretty quickly. I mean, you look around the league, you can see a lot of these teams. I look at like the Denver Broncos in particular, how things have flared up um, in that team this season, how that much of a, of a disaster that has been for them in Denver. Um, you know, it, the Bears are nothing like that from a locker room standpoint. So you have to give credit where credit is due to the coaching staff and the players for, you know, staying positive through this. But, you know, I, from what I've seen, it does feel like there's a lot of, you know, looking forward to next year with this group. I think a lot of these guys, especially the young guys, like you said, you know, they, they know what's up with this year. They know that this year, you know, is what it is. Um, and I think there's a lot of excitement looking forward to the future as, you know, 
they look forward to hopefully an offseason where they can add some more talent here. So um, I mean, I think that's a good way to kind of segue into our first topic here as we recap this Bears-Bills game. Before we get to that, though, I just want to say to all of our viewers out there, hope everyone had um, happy holiday season. Uh, for those who celebrate, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll be recording this episode and be dropping before New Year's, so uh, looking forward to that as well. But let's recap this Bears-Bills game a little bit, and that kind of ties into this first thing we want to talk about here and, and, and kind of go over how far away is this Bears team actually from contention because you know the bills i think they got a good look here at what a contender a super bowl contender looks like here in the buffalo bills now the bills did not play a great game i don't i don't think um you know certainly josh allen did not have his best game um as a passer in this one throwing two interceptions he just he looked off the entire game i felt like and certainly the weather and the elements kind of played into that as well i mean what was a wood show like negative 12 for most of this one it was just ridiculously cold and windy and just nasty um, for this game. It, it was like that for a lot of games this weekend. So certainly the passing game, it, it wasn't great for both teams in this one, but you know, I think the bears got their, got to look at a super bowl contender here. They've got to look at really in back-to-back weeks, you know, two super bowl contenders in the Eagles and the bills. And, you know, looking at this bills game in particular, we kind of see how these two teams stacked up, you know, I'll say, even though the score was close for the most part the bears, this bears team, you know, they fought hard, in this one, and they really play their butts off to stay close and competitive. You know, you definitely see where this team is. You know, there are ways away, I think, even with a guy like Justin Fields that you feel confident in. Just looking at some of the numbers from this game, like you look at some of the difference between these two teams, you know, in terms of total yards, the Bills outgamed the Bears by over 200 yards in this one. Uh, they averaged seven, almost seven and a half yards per play. Meanwhile, the Bears only averaged three and a half yards per play. Um, not a ton going on in the passing game, but you know the ru- running games were, were completely just lopsided. This one, the Bills running for 250 yards, the Bears only getting 80 yards. This is rare for this Bears team. Um, you know, usually they're a really good running team. Wasn't the case in this one. Um, it just kind of sh- goes to show that yeah, the, the score was close. A lot of that I think was due to the Bills' own errors and not necessarily. Um, the Bears, you know, making a lot of plays, but, um, you know, it, it, it kind of goes to show that even though the score was close, it, it was tight for the most part, you know, in my opinion, at least you say, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like, you know, this Bears team, you can see it from the talent levels, from a talent's perspective, just a lot of needs to fill on this roster and um, still a ways away, I think, from really being true contenders, even with a guy like Justin Fields that you feel good about at that quarterback's position. Yeah, it's polarizing and the bears are certainly one of the most polarizing teams in the nfl because they've managed to hang around each week but then there's just a point in the game which is typically the second half the third quarter where teams kind of blow it wide open and it's not hard to see why because opposing teams adjust unfortunately luke getsy and the bears offense they don't really adjust part of that is also the bears don't have the talent to adjust. Like I was talking to our publisher, Zach Pearson, as well as good friend of the show, Nicholas Moriano, who is with CHGO sports. And one of the things I said, cause we were all hanging out at soldier field covering the game. But one of the big things I mentioned was like the bears don't really have an offense, right? Your offense is pretty much the running game. And how much of that is Justin Fields? Because every single week, it seemed like Justin was breaking off these 20, 30, 40, 50 yard runs, going for these big touchdowns. And you're like, how many times was this team faced with a second and short situation where they failed to convert or a third and 
long situation, right? How many times was it like, hey, you know, nice play here, nice pass by Justin. You're seeing his growth as a passer, but then that's ultimately offset by the fact that Luke Getzi's calling two or three straight run plays that clearly are not working, right? So the point I'm making here is that I think the Bears are legitimately two serious off-seasons away from legitimately having a chance to compete for a Super Bowl because a lot of fans have kind of rode this card, right? And you're seeing some of the national media outlets do it too, just based off what we see on Twitter in terms of, well, the Bears have a first-round draft pick. It's going to be a top-five pick. They've got what a lot of people hope is a franchise-caliber quarterback, but they don't. And then they've got the $100 million in cap space. And the next closest team is, I believe, the Atlanta Falcons at $75 million or some cool number like that. But the reality for the Bears is this. Is they have so many needs, you're not going to fix them in one offseason, right? The roster doesn't have a lot of top-end talent. And then the roster doesn't have a lot of depth either. And so you're in this conundrum of it's too much to fix in one year alone. And that's why free agency is not going to be Ryan Pohl's best friend this year. It's going to be the NFL draft. Why Pohl's and Cunningham and Eberflus, they all come from organizations like the Colts, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Eagles. Those are four teams that, quite frankly, have been pretty solid at building through the NFL draft over the last couple of years. And so that's the route the Bears are going to go going into 2023. Now, I say they're two years away from contention simply because they are probably going to have three starters on the three new starters on the offensive line next year, right? And then on top of that, you've got a front seven who really should only have two returning players at this point. Well, I should say two returning starters, and that's Justin Jones and Jack Sanborn because Jack has proven he could possibly carve out a role here in Chicago. Now, is he going to be all pro elite? I don't think so, but he's going to be a serviceable starter for you. The secondary and the running game are the only two positions I would say for sure right now are the ones that the Bears are not going to need to address going into next year. And since we're talking about the subject of $100 million, Bears fans think and the national media thinks, oh, this team just has to throw hundred million dollars at these big time free agents and things are going to be okay. But the reality is that hundred million is going to dry up quickly because the bears have a handful of their own players like a chase Claypool, like a Darnell Mooney, like a Cole Komet, a Jalen Johnson. You could even throw Kendall Vildor and David Montgomery in there as names that could possibly be signed at some point next off season. And so to kind of end my long tangent here, the reality is that this seems two years away from competing. Now, with that said, the goal in 2023 should be to at least secure a wild card spot and continue developing young talent on the roster. The goal in 2024, though, should be how do we go from playoff team slash playoff contender to legitimate Super Bowl contender? Because I think if the NFC continues to shift the way a lot of people think it is with the possibility that Brady and Rogers retire next year. You have uncertainty in San Francisco at the quarterback position. The Seahawks don't know what they're doing. The Lions seemingly are committing to Jared Goff. Kirk Cousins has been good in Minnesota this year, but he hasn't been great. You've got teams like the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints. They don't necessarily have long-term solutions at quarterback. I think that we could be going into 2024 looking at 
the Bears, Cowboys, and Eagles as being the three teams that have the best quarterbacks in the conference. Support for the Picks for Polls podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Fellas, if you're like me, finding the right tools to keep your family jewels fresh and clean can be a struggle. Below-the-waist grooming can be a difficult task, one that I have had my troubles with on many occasions myself. Well, if you're still looking for the right products to ensure a more safe, easy, and effective grooming process for your nether regions, Manscaped is the best fit for you. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and their latest performance package 4.0 provides the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. By using the code BEARREPORT, you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping to join 7 million men around the world who trust Manscaped. Inside the performance package 4.0, you'll receive the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver ball toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. First off, the lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and for my money, the best ball trimmer around. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor as well. I've used the Lawnmower 4.0 many times, and guys, shaving downstairs has never been easier. If you thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level, the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you, and that special someone in your life will love it as well. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BEARREPORT. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEARREPORT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BEARREPORT. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Yeah, I mean, the NFC is going to be wide open over the next few years for a lot of the reasons that you just said. I mean, it's already pretty wide open this year. Like, other than the Eagles, I wouldn't say there are too many, like, great teams. Like, the Cowboys, you can make an argument for. Uh, certainly the 49ers, I think those three teams are kind of in a class above everybody else right now. But other than that, like, yeah, I mean, for sure, like, the Bears, they should. It, should, it is very realistic, I think, for the Bears to be competing for a playoff spot uh, next year. Because I look at even in the division, like the Packers, we still don't know what their situation is going to be. I think, you know, the Packers, if, I'm assuming that at this point, that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay because he just signed that contract extension. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, it's, it seems like the Packers are starting to figure out things on offense. They're getting some of those young guys to play better. Um, I mean, that defense is a whole nother story. <laughs> you know, they, they've underachieved big time on defense from a talent perspective. So, you know, maybe they get another defensive coordinator in there and things turn around there. But I'm not going to roll out the Packers because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still, 
you know, still a really good quarterback. Um, they, like I said before, their offensive line, they've kind of figured things out there. They, 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 they've gotten these young receivers uh, in the mix here, and they're starting to improve a little bit. So I'm not going to rule them out. The Vikings, they're going to be winning the division this year. I'm not sure how legitimate they are moving forward, though. They are kind of an older team, especially on defense. You know, we talked about Kirk Cousins a million times before, you know, how you know he's, he's a good quarterback, but is he a quarterback that – you know, elevates teams and can get you over the top as a Super Bowl contender. I'm not really sure. You know, the Lions, they're building something really, really nice over there. But, you know, do they have the quarterback position figured out? Probably not with Jared Goff. So, you know, it is going to be wide open for the Bears. And like you said, they have a ton of resources. But that's not to say that there aren't some still significant strides moving forward for this team to get to that point to where they are, you know, a legitimate contender in this division and in this conference as a whole, you know, just going over the numbers here, really just to put everything into perspective um, and where this team needs to go moving forward. I'm looking at, you know, some of their passing numbers right now, they're last in the NFL in total passing yards, their bottom five team and net yards per attempt, which takes into account touchdowns and interceptions and all that stuff. Um, so the passing game, not where you need to be. And we know in this league right now, the with, the way that things are structured, with the way that uh, teams are built, the way the league is designed, you got to be able to throw the ball. Right now, the Bears just are not able to throw the ball consistently. Um, Justin Fields, you know, he he shows flashes um, every single game. He makes that one throw, one or two throws, where you just say, "Wow, he's he's doing something special with his arm." Um, but he's just not getting a ton of help right now. Wide receiver is still a huge need getting more weapons in this passing game. And we saw that in this game. I mean, how many key drops on third down were there in this one uh, for Justin Fields throwing to some of these wide receivers and just not getting any help. Like it's, it's ridiculous at this point. They need to overhaul that wide receiver room um, around Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, who were, of course they're both out. So that, that kind of hurts your passing game, obviously, but you know, still the, the lack of talent is, is apparent, but also, you know, from a philosophy standpoint, like you kind of mentioned before, you know, I, I actually tweeted this during the game. Like Justin Fields had that beautiful throw uh, to Vils Jones. Um, I think it was in the third quarter or fourth quarter. It was in the second half, I believe. But Justin Fields makes that incredible throw deep down the field. And I immediately tweeted after that, okay, can't wait for Luke Getze here to call three straight runs and basically waste this opportunity. And what do you know? Luke Getze closed three straight runs on the very next series after that. And the Bears, I think, ended up feeling the to get the fourth down conversion and don't score in that possession. Just so it, from a philosophy standpoint, like, yeah, they got to get more talent at wide receiver, uh, but they also need, you know, to have more of an aggressive mindset and offense. And it starts with the, the play calling here with Getsy. Like you cannot call things so conserved and close to the chest on some of these play calls here. Like how many first and second down runs are we seeing, especially second and long runs um, where at that point, you're basically just settling for third and long situations. there, just, some of the situational play calling has just been a little bit, just way too conservative this season. I get it. They don't have a ton of talent, but you know, they got to clean that up and they got to fix that moving forward because that's just something that doesn't help your young quarterback. Um, You want to put your quarterback in better positions to succeed. And um, certainly from a play calling standpoint, they can do that. But going back to the numbers here, like I was talking about before, like like you mentioned, you said uh, as a rushing team, like this team is very good. Uh, They're third in yards per attempt as a team. Uh, this year, they're first in total yards. Obviously, they're first in attempts. They run the ball a heck of a ton. Um, some of that is Justin Fields, you know, scrambling and um, kind of impacting this running game positively because of the threat that he has in read option situations. So I wonder how effective this run game would be if Justin Fields wasn't there to kind of amplify 
some of those strengths, but certainly they, you know, for all this offensive line's fault, they've run the ball pretty well this year. You have a foundational piece with, with Tevin Jenkins. Um, and Braxton Jones has done a really nice job as a rookie as a run blocker. So certainly that's a strength of this team right now. But like I said before, um, offensively moving forward, they need to do a much better job of being able to threaten teams through the air in the passing game. And then I look at the defense here. Like, like you said, they have some pieces in the secondary that you feel pretty good about. But from a pass game standpoint, in terms of efficiency, they're 31st in the NFL right now in net yards for attempts given up. And they're 27th in yards allowed. Um, from a run game standpoint, I'm pretty sure they're last in the NFL in sacks, or if they're not last in the NFL in sacks, they're they're certainly below. They're certainly low on that list because they just they don't have a pass rush right now. They need to overhaul that entire front seven. I would argue that there are zero starters in that front seven um, that should be starting next year. Like I, I'd be for a complete overhaul of that unit, and that just kind of goes to show you that you know that that front seven they are far away from being for being a good unit right now. And that's something they, they can try to address in the off season, but it's going to be tough to do. Cause like you said, you can't fill all your needs in one off season. Um, these are going to, and, and resources are going to fill up quickly and not all of your moves are going to be the correct ones. You're going to make some mistakes right here. You're going to make a bad signing. You're going to make a bad draft pick. It is what it is. We get that. We understand that it's not a perfect business decision-making here when it comes to being an NFL GM, like even the great ones, look at Howie Roseman in, in Philadelphia. You know, he has had plenty of bad decisions and bad moves and um, rough off seasons in his, you know, time as the Eagles executive and general manager there. But more often than not, he makes the right decisions here. And you hope that Ryan Poles with all the resources he has available to him next off season makes more correct decisions than wrong decisions here. But that kind of leads us into our next topic here, when looking forward to this offseason and free agency in particular, um, we've had some extensions in the NFL um, over the past week or so. Um, some big ones in the offensive line with Elton Jenkins and Jack Conklin of the Green Bay Packers and Cleveland Browns, respectively, um, getting extended by their teams, each signing four-year extensions, I believe, worth $60 million for Conklin and $68 million for Elton Jenkins. And why that's important is because those are two guys that I think a lot of Bears fans were looking forward to the Bears trying to sign next offseason in free agency. And two players that are going to be at the top of their positions um, going into next year's free agency class. And I think this kind of leads to our next point here when looking at free agency. Like, yes, the Bears have a ton of cap space to work with here, and they should be able to sign a lot of talent here and be able to outbid a lot of teams because of the flexibility that they have. But I see a lot of Bears fans out there very excited about looking forward to getting some big names in here, making some splash signings. And I just got to say, I think we need to slow down a little bit in terms of some of the big names that are available because, you know, certainly look, a lot of these NFL teams are not just going to let their best players leave um, willingly here. They're going to do what they can to make sure that they can keep their top guys and with the salary cap exploding over the next few years, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier for teams to keep some of their top talent and um, make some of those decisions that used to be pretty difficult ones a lot easier to make in terms of keeping guys around. So, um, yeah, it blows that you know, the Bears are not going to have the offensive linemen available. Those offensive linemen available to them this offseason, but it kind of shows that the Bears shouldn't really be relying on top talent being available anyway in order to kind of make a lot of moves here in free agency. Yeah, you're 110% right, and let me just say this. The Packers are 
I think one of the most or I, I let me take a step back. I shouldn't say the Packers are, but I should say this. The Packers are one of the NFL teams that will consistently reward homegrown talent. And how do you do that, right? I think what we're seeing with the signing of Eggleton Jenkins is that it is legitimately the passing of the torch on the offensive line. Why? Because David Bakhtiari was that kind of rock for Aaron Rodgers for so many years. And now the Packers are saying, hey, Eggleton Jenkins, like this is your unit now. You are now the unquestioned leader on the offensive line. He's done everything to earn it, by the way, considering he's played all five spots besides center, I believe. And then Jack Conklin, right? A player who landed in Cleveland a couple of years ago in the Kevin Stefanski era, kind of helped engineer one of the first winning seasons in a playoff run that the Browns had not seen in probably two decades. And then all of a sudden, you know, he kind of helped Baker Mayfield find his footing and get comfortable. And then he also developed into one of the foundational pieces of that Browns offense that has, again, one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL with guys like Kareem Hunt and running back Nick Chubb. Now, For the Bears, you're looking at this and you're saying this is important. Why? Because this year's free agency class is not necessarily a top-tier class. Like When we look at some of the names, you could argue this, that the Bears are going to end up possibly having to overpay for some of these players, which is something Ryan Poles may not want to do. But I think that there's a limit right, to everything in this league. There's a limit to going ahead and overpaying for a player or moving up in the draft there's limits to saying we're not going to overpay and then there's a limit to you know what we really need this player so a couple million dollars here and there yeah it sucks but if we want to address this need otherwise another team's going to address it this is what we have to do and so for the bears right the number one free agency target right now on the offensive line has to be Orlando Brown Jr. And I say Orlando Brown Jr. simply because, again, he was drafted by the Ravens, traded to the Chiefs, so the Bears are going to have that extra intel, right? Poles is coming from Kansas City, and Poles was in Kansas City as a high-ranking executive when they engineered the trade for Orlando Brown Jr. And then on the other side, you've got Ian Cunningham, the Bears' assistant general manager, who was with the Eagles, but still has connections in Baltimore that are relevant to figuring out more information about Orlando Brown Jr., right? So naturally, I think the big thing to understand here, right, for the Bears is this, is that they can't bank on all their teams to let their best players go. The Bears have to go ahead and say, hey, we are going to go out and sign our guys. Now, my ideal scenario for the Bears in free agency is coming down to this. Can you find two or three day one starters, right? Can you find a ideal defensive tackle in your two gap four, three scheme? Can you find a starting linebacker as well to pair with a guy like a Jack Sanborn or a Nick Morrow, or even a Matt Adams, who surprisingly, I think this year has been good. He hasn't been great. He's been serviceable. And then can you go ahead, right? And can you find a center who's going to start and be better than Sam Mustafer, but get him at a bargain price. And then there's a handful of wide receivers, right? I'm weary of a guy like a Kendrick Bourne. And the reason being is because he's on the Patriots. Patriots players will get paid nicely in free agency, but typically don't do much anywhere else. So for the Bears, it would make more sense to go ahead and say, you know what? Forget 
the fact that we need to have a big name wide receiver signing. Let's go ahead and stick with Mooney, Claypool, Valus Jones, and then take a swing on a wide receiver in the draft. Because ultimately, buying your way into contention sounds great, but building through the draft is even better simply because you will get to dictate, right? what type of draft class you want, but then also you have control over all those players for the next four years, right? And those contracts that you get between the second and seventh round, like most of those guys are going to be making pennies compared to what the bare salary cap situation is going to look like. Oh, and there's also the concept of, you know, how much money are you willing to save in one year to be able to roll over to the next year. Because again, people don't realize this is one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. And, you know, next year at this time, well, I should say 20, once the 2024 off season hits, you're looking at a possible contract extension for Tevin Jenkins. Cause he'll just have wrapped up his third season. And you're going to have to make a decision on, Jaquan Brisk or not Jaquan Brisk, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to make a decision on Justin Fields' fifth year option too, right? So the Bears are gonna have a lot of extensions coming up here for players that are on their own roster. So in free agency, you're gonna have to be really smart with how you spend money. Sports betting continues to take over the sports world, and with fall right around the corner, there's gonna be action from every major league sports league across the country on our own TVs. If you're like me, you're glued to the couch watching as many games as you can. Our friends at Oz Trader have got you covered with all the odds for each major sports book from around the web, all in one place, just for you. As an added bonus, OddsTrader even compares the signup codes and promos so you get the best deal possible. When you're trying to find the best book, it's always best to have the best signup codes and promotions. Sometimes those even come with boosts, even additional money deposits. The app gives you a complete rundown on any game, including statistics, injuries, key game stats, game day weather, keeping you, the fan, as informed as possible. And sometimes if you're like us, You've got multiple bets going at once. Odd Trader will keep track of them all in one place for you. So what we want you guys to do is this. Head over to oddtrader.com slash bluewire. Once again, that's oddtrader.com slash bluewire, the number one website for all your game day bets. Yeah, free agency is one of those weird things where like, yeah, it's always enticing to go after the big names and spend a lot of money. And um, a lot of teams win the offseason in, you know, March and April by spending a lot of money and getting a lot of big name players. I'm looking at Jacksonville here because they do this pretty much every year, um, but it doesn't always translate to wins on the football field. So I think I think that's something that the Bears need to be mindful of. You know, they have a lot of money to spend. I think they have the flexibility to maybe overpay for a few guys if they really want to um, to bring them in here because they do need a lot of talent in a lot of spots. But you brought up a lot of positions and a lot of guys that know could possibly make sense here so let's just go over that real quick and go over some of the scenarios of who could and could not be available and i don't want to do a full free agency preview right now because you know that time is coming maybe we'll be able to do a uh, full preview on free agency when we get there in a couple of months here but let's just go down you know some of the decisions and and guys that are going to be available let's start a tackle because we brought that up obviously with conklin um you know one of the top tackles now off the market like you bring up orlando brown you know if Braxton Jones is their guy at right tackle at left tackle, though, you know, do they even consider upgrading that left tackle spot? And just let Jones grow into that role as a starting left tackle. You know, who knows? But 
they do need a right tackle. And if you look at some of the top right tackles available right now, you know, I look at Mike McGlinchey from the 49ers. He's probably the top name on the market um, with his pedigree. Um, very solid player. Uh, Caleb McGarry from the Falcons. He had a fourth year breakout this season. He's one of the better run blockers in the NFL. Um, he, he's been awesome this year, but are the Falcons going to let him go to free agency? Cause they had the option to franchise tag him. The 49ers have the option to franchise tag McGlinchey. So, you know, do those guys even make the market? That's certainly something that could be not available to the bears. After that, I mean, your next best option is probably Jawan Taylor from the Jaguars, who hasn't been great for them, certainly. I don't think the Jaguars would franchise tag him, and they would probably let him hit the market. But do the Bears want to spend a ton of money to bring in Jawan Taylor, who hasn't been all that good of a starting tackle in the NFL over his four-year career? I don't know. You know that's something that is going to have to be answered here. But if you look at the interior, you brought up, you know, obviously Elton Jenkins being the top interior guy on the market. He's now off the market. Who else is available for you? There's not a ton of big names out there. I know a lot of Bears fans want to replace Cody Whitehair at left guard. Obviously, Tevin Jenkins is a long-term piece, but is there a guard out there that's better than Cody Whitehair on the market? I would. I don't think so. There's not a ton of big names that really entice me, um, especially the ones that fit this system. You want more athletic guys that can get on the move. Maybe Nate Davis from the Titans could be a name. He's a really good run blocker. Um, he's Got some familiarity with this system. Dalton, Dalton Reisner from the Broncos, very versatile lineman. So maybe they, you know, feel like he can be an option. At center, I think is probably your best bet to upgrade this offensive line, though, because like you said, you don't want Sam Mustafer or for that matter, Lucas Patrick starting next year at that center position. So some guys I think it's going to be available for them. That would make a lot of sense. Connor McGovern from the Jets, I think he will be available. I don't think they have a ton of flexibility. They need to fix quarterback in, in New York. They're probably going to have to let him hit the market. Um, Ethan Pochish, he's been one of the best centers in football this year for the Browns. Um, he was an underrated or under the radar pickup for them late in the offseason because they had a center go down. So it's very possible that the Browns let Pochish hit the market because they themselves are in a pretty tight salary cap situation with some of the big contracts that they have and some of the holes in the, they need to fill it on that roster. So I think that could be an option for the Bears. Garrett Bradbury from the Vikings, he's another top center. So those are some names that you could throw out there for the center position. But then you look at the defensive defensive side of the ball. Like you said, defensive tackle, we know that Matt Eberflus wants to head, get that three-tech into the building here to kind of you know, be this linchpin of this defense here because they just don't have that guy that they can build their defensive line around at that three-tech position. You know, Some of the big names, I think the two big names, obviously, are going to be Javon Hargrave and Darren Payne from the Eagles and Commanders, respectively. Um I think we look at both of those situations, you know, the Washington commanders, they had a franchise tag available for Darren Payne. So I know a lot of bears fans have been hyped up about bringing in Darren Payne this off season. I'm telling you, it's more likely than not that he's going to be in Washington on the franchise tag. Now Javon Hargrave, he could be available. The Eagles, they're tight for cash right now. Um, they have just drafted um, a defensive lineman uh, in the draft in the first round. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense with Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis, obviously. Um, but, you know, th- that would probably be your best option there. Javon Hargrave making it in free agency, but he's a little bit older. So are they willing to spend a lot of money in free agency for an older defensive lineman? I don't know. Linebacker, this is the one position where I'm not worried about whatsoever in free agency. There are a lot of quality linebackers hitting the market this year. I think the Bears will be just fine there in terms of getting a guy at that spot. So I'm not too worried about that. Wide receiver um, is a little bit weak this year. Um, 
maybe the top guy in the market is a guy I like. I don't know, Juju Smith Schuster's on the market. Do you go out there and sign him to a big deal? Um, Darius Slayton from the Giants, he's been pretty solid this year, but I'm not sure if he's a top guy you want to pay. It's it's not looking great. It's not looking great for the most part. I, I will say that. So uh, Jacoby Myers from the Patriots, but he's another Patriots player where I'm not sure if he's a guy you want necessarily want to pay big money to. So um, yeah, a lot of options out there. But like I said before, uh, the Bears can't rely on a lot of these big name guys getting to free agency because again, like you said before, these teams now are going to be more motivated than ever to keep their guys. And especially with the franchise tag available, I think a lot of the big names that are set to hit the market this upcoming year are not going to be able to hit the market, which, you know, it hurts the bears in the short term, but I think that gives them more options than to fill up the roster with a bunch of different starters and then supplement that by getting building blocks in the draft. And I think that's probably the best way to go about it. You know, get some starter and caliber guys on this roster and free agency on shorter contracts, cheaper contracts, contracts that you can get out of in the future and then continue to build your foundation in the draft. Like we talked about that quite a bit. I think that's probably the best bet for this team moving forward. They're probably going to try and bring it, bring in a big name or two uh, just because they have to spend that money somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not going to put too much stock into some of the big names um, this off season. Um, and, and just the way that it is the way, the way free agency works out. There's always big names that start off available, but it just doesn't always work out that way. Um, but speaking of the draft, we have a big event coming up in college football that we have to talk about as well. And that is the college football playoff coming up uh, for the top four teams going at it. When you look at the two, two games are going to be featuring this upcoming uh, new year's Eve, you have number one, Georgia going up, going up against number four, Ohio state and number two, Michigan going up against number three TCU. So what we're going to do now is just go over some of the main prospects we want to watch for the upcoming college football playoff. I'll start with you. You say, let's start with the Michigan TCU game. Um, who are some of the big names from either side that you want to talk about here um, that you think could be of interest to the bears? Yeah, I think for me, right. The big guy that I'm watching in that game is going to go ahead and be Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver, right? He's been labeled by a lot of people as kind of the top um, target for the 2023 NFL draft and then or top I should say like wide receiver target for the 2023 NFL draft and then the big thing with him is this right it's just a simple fact that like you could see the Bears trading down and kind of grabbing that big bodied wide receiver that they really need right and again you and I have kind of talked about this too just off the record here but there's a lot of fans out there who say hey the Bears need to trade for an NFL wide receiver right a guy like a T Higgins, let's say. But then the issue I think with that is the simple fact that you already have Mooney and Claypool on your roster. So why are you going to trade for another receiver that's possibly going to need an extension? It just makes more sense to go ahead and draft a guy. And Johnson's a player who has all the makings of being a solid wide receiver at the next level. Um, I would look at him and say he's definitely got wide receiver one potential but there's little things like you know him learning how to use his body to kind of win those 50 50 balls also him kind of going ahead and him learning you know how to you know actually pinpoint the ball in midair rather than just relying on his height as a means of um you know securing the catch every time We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I'd say that Quentin Johnson, he's probably the big name here. Um, I think going into this, you have to assume that he's the number one wide receiver in this upcoming draft just because of all the physical traits that he has. There isn't a wide receiver in this draft class that has the combination of size, speed, explosiveness, um, catch radius, and um, ability to get yards after the catch like you see with Johnson here. So, yeah, I think he's the top name to look out for, and I think he's going to be a a guy that's going to be – you know, high on the Bears, you know, draft board here because I think he does fit a lot of what the Bears want from a wide receiver. You know, he's a big guy who can kind of play that exposition. Um, you know, maybe he can work on his blocking a little bit and be more of an impact there. But, you know, he has that ability to get yards after the catch on quick plays um, underneath. He has the ability to stretch the field a little bit. He can make tough um, contested catches. Or at least he has the potential to be that guy. So certainly he's somebody that, makes a lot of sense for the bears, I think. And if they can like maybe trade down and move back and get a couple of picks and maybe he's available to them later on in the top 10, I, I certainly think he's a guy that is going to be, you know, a good fit for them on the Michigan side of things. There are a lot of prospects that I think we can highlight here. I, I think on the defensive side of the ball, you have to look at Mike Morris edge player for them. Um, he, he's an interesting player because he's kind of that hybrid edge interior defensive lineman guy. Um, Michigan kind of hasn't playing a lot of outside linebacker, which I thought is pretty interesting. You know, he came to the year six fit, six six, about 290 pounds, but um, he is a very athletic player. I'm not sure, you know, at this point in time, like where he's expected to be drafted. Um, but he's, he's, he's an interesting player because he does have some pass rushing potential and upside, but on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I'll say that at center, all um, for them, he's an all American um, with Virginia in 2021. Um, and he was an All-American again this year with the Michigan Wolverines. And he's one of the better centers in the country. He's one of the better centers um, in this upcoming draft class. I'm not sure if I'd say he's an early-round pick. I, I think he's more of a day-two guy at this point. But you know, he's someone that really stands out to me as a potential target for the Bears because you know center is going to be a need for this offense. They need to get more young offensive linemen there to kind of build around this. Um, group and you know they may look to free agency to fill that need at center you know you can never go wrong kind of bringing a guy like Oluwatomi who does have some upside there um, so let's move on to uh, the next game here and that is going to be Georgia and uh, Ohio State obviously Ohio State I think the big story is CJ Stroud and how he can play um, in this upcoming matchup here is you know kind of the quarterback too for this upcoming draft class we've got Bryce Young being the top guy um, but 
you know, who are some of the other players that you're looking forward to watching in this one? Because there are certainly a lot of, of very talented prospects here um, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I would say this right now. The easy answer for a team like Georgia is everyone's going to be watching Jalen Carter. I'm not going to discuss Jalen Carter just because I did write an article on him and we talked about him plenty. But I think if you're the Bears, right, you're keeping an eye on tight end Darnot Washington from Georgia. About 6'6", six, six, I think 250, a really big dynamic playmaker, a player that I think is going to translate really well into a dynamic receiving threat at the next level. Because, again, he's a big-bodied big guy, is a phenomenal route runner, really has that breakaway speed needed to be a major playmaker. And then, for me, I'm also looking at Georgia cornerback Keely Ringo, one of the more underrated cornerbacks in this class. I think he's held up really well in coverage this year, and he's really put on tape that justifies why a lot of people believe he is a first-round pick. And then the last guy that I have to say I'm looking at is going to be Ohio State's Paris Johnson Jr. I think when you look at Ohio State's talent this year, some of the offensive tackles that they've sent to the NFL draft over the last couple of years, as well as some of the linemen like a Wyatt Davis, a Josh Myers, who's the center for the Packers, the reality is that there's a lot of really good talent that Ohio State sent, right? Paris Johnson Jr., I think, has done a phenomenal job this year playing both tackle spots as well as throughout his college career. He's really solid. Now, he may have to kick inside at the next level and play guard because of some shorter arms that some people feel like is an issue. But again, he's just a really good overall well-rounded player, right? Which give me the well-rounded offensive lineman who's good with technique over a player that has allowed like zero pass or I'm sorry, like zero rushes. Right. And then ultimately you look at Johnson jr. Too. There's, he can play either left tackle or right tackle, you know, and he's a player that if you trade down, you can find like in the middle part of the first round, he would be a day one starter for you. Yeah, I think I think Paris Johnson, he's definitely not a key, you got to keep an eye on for the Bears because he can play either tackle spot. He's played guard in the past, um, you know, certainly has a lot of talent to work with here. And I think he's a player that is going to be very exciting. The Bears, again, the Bears are in a position to move down and get, you know, later on in the first round, maybe I wouldn't say move up in the first and get back to the first round to get a guy, but you know, Paris Johnson, I think he kind of fits that bill as a first round offensive line. That's going to be available. Um, Sticking with Ohio state here at the other tackle spot, they have Dewan Jones, um, very talented player at right tackle for them. I'm not sure if he's a perfect scheme fit. He's kind of more of a bigger mauling plotting type of tackle um, who can use his length and power um, to overwhelm guys but he's not the quickest guy on the move. So that might be something that turns the bears off, but I think he's an intriguing day two option at tackle. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's a guy that's, that's high on a lot of teams boards as well. Um, you know, certainly two options there defenses defensively. I think, you know, we talked about some of the defensive linemen for Ohio state throughout the year, but I, I go to linebacker here, Liam Eichenberg at linebacker. You know, he, he, when I look at his play over this past season, um, He's really developed a lot. You know, he's some of the best instincts in this class at linebacker that I've seen so far from my early scouting. Um, he's a really good athlete. Um, somebody that I think you look at a coach in Matt Eberflus who has a history with linebackers. He would have a lot of fun bringing him into the building and developing him and see what he can, what he can do. He's on my radar as a day two target for this Bears team. Uh, I'm not sure if you know he's going to be available to them at, at any point in that time, but 
Um, he's certainly a guy to keep an eye on as well because he has a lot of upside. Um, I wouldn't say like a, a lead upside or anything, but he just he's just strikes me as a player that's just really, really solid um, all around. Good movement skills, good athleticism, good coverage potential, and you know good instincts in the run game to get around blocks, shed blocks, and, and make plays in the backfield. Uh, for Georgia, like like you said, like we don't have to talk about Jalen Carter. We talked about him um, plenty of times in this podcast, but look at his uh, partner here, partner in crime here. Um, that edge rusher spot, uh, Nolan Smith, uh, he's a guy who's probably going to be a first-round pick in his up tr- uh, up- upcoming class. We talked about him a little bit in this podcast, but you know he's a very, very talented edge rusher um, to kind of speak about there. Offensively, Broderick Jones, he's another offensive tackle prospect in this class. Um, again, he's one of those where I'm not sure if he is a you know full-time tackle in the NFL or maybe you kick him inside the guard, but you know he's a guy that had a lot of hype going into this year. He's lived up to – uh, that hype for the most part, I'd say you know, he's 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 definitely on track to being um, potentially a first round pick as well. So those are some of the big names that I'd be looking out for in this game. I think you know ultimately, like I'll be honest here, I, I will be looking for Jalen Carter in this one for the most part because I'm just you know I, I'm excited with the prospect of him potentially being a Chicago Bear. I will say it. There's not a ton for me to say from a evaluation standpoint. Um, just kind of me, just you know, thinking about the future and, you know, whether Carter is that guy for the Bears long-term here, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be excited to watch him. He's one of my favorite prospects in this class as well. And, um, you know, I, I am – there is one narrative I do want to push back on. I'm, I am kind of tired of seeing this narrative. I've seen this from a lot of Bears fans here who, you know, want to prop up other prospects because they're maybe bored with the idea of every NFL analyst or draft analyst giving them Jalen Carter as the pick high in the draft. Um, and they just want to garner some more discussion. I've seen this narrative out there that uh, Jalen Carter is like lazy or takes plays off. And, you know, this is a narrative we saw last year with Kayvon Thibodeau coming out. And I just think it's it's the most ridiculous narrative I've ever seen. Like, I, I've seen a lot of people and, and just uninformed opinions of um, whether it's Bears fans or, you know, wannabe draft analysts um, saying that like Jalen Carter's motor runs hot and cold. He's a little bit lazy maybe doesn't care about, you know, trying on every single play. And I just don't get that impression whatsoever when I watch him play. And if he was someone who, you know, was in it only for himself and, you know, didn't go 100% all the time, just think about the fact that Jalen Carter had every opportunity not to play this year because he got injured with a knee injury early on the season. He had every opportunity to just sit out the entire year and rest up that knee and get healthy and train for the NFL draft and let his – Last year's tape, do all the talking because he had elite tape last year. He was the best defensive lineman on the Georgia's defense last year that won a national championship, um, certainly. Even above like guys like Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, guys that went in the first round, he was better than all of them. Devontae Wyatt, better than him too um, last year. He could just sat and rest on his laurels and go off of that tape and not you know put any effort into this year and not play for his teammates this year. He didn't do that. He fought to get back in the field this year. He's played pretty damn well. He's been dominant when he's been on the field. I'm just, I'm really, just really annoyed with that narrative. And a lot just comes with a lot of Bears fans and, and pundits and analysts just getting bored with, with some of the draft talk already in this early stage of the process here. So I, I just wanted to talk about that real quick, but that's kind of going to close our discussion there um, on the college football playoffs. Certainly looking forward to those games. We can get catch those games on uh, New Year's Eve. So definitely check those out, Bears fans, if you're looking to get a little bit of a preview to the NFL draft and to the um, offseason here as we get more in depth on these guys, but 
to end this podcast, you say, let's talk about the Bears versus the Lions game that's coming up this upcoming um, Sunday. Um, the Bears will be traveling to Detroit for this one. Let's just do our quick prediction and X factor for this one. Uh, you say, who do you have winning this matchup and who do you think is going to be the difference maker in this matchup as well? Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Lions end up winning this matchup. And the reason being is simply because when you look at the Lions, right, they've got Amon Ross St. Brown as well as Jamison Williams, who next year at this time, we should be talking about those guys as possibly one of the top young wide receiver duos in the NFL, especially when Jamison gets a full offseason to kind of go ahead and get some real reps in, not just rehab from his injury. The second thing is also this, right, is that the Lions, I feel like, are going to rebound after the performance they just had against Carolina. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, he's been pretty good about adjusting and adapting, whereas Luke Getze really has not done that. Then the Lions also have the advantage of this is year two of the offense for them, whereas the Bears are really only in year one, right? And again, you don't have to love Jared Goff, but you can't hate him either because the reality is that he's been good enough for the Lions this year, which quite frankly is all it should matter. It's like the same argument with Justin Fields, right? Justin Fields has been good enough for the Bears. So who the hell cares, you know, what Justin Fields would look like on another team? As long as you're good enough for the team you're on, you know, you really shouldn't be complaining. But I do think the Lions are going to win this game 27 to 18. I say that because there's going to be a couple field goals in store for the Bears, especially when it does get to the second half and the Bears are not able to execute in any way, shape, or form. And then the second thing is also going to be this, right? Is that the Lions know if they went out, which means a win against Chicago this week and then beating Green Bay next week then they have a real shot to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, the, the Lions have a lot on the line here. If they continue to win, they put themselves in better position uh, to make the playoffs. I mean, if they win out, their their prospects of making the playoffs are really, really good here because the Commanders and Giants, those are two teams that are kind of struggling to end the year, especially uh, the Giants have struggled quite a bit at the end of the year. They got to a hot start. They just haven't been the same over the second half of the season. The Commanders, they already had to make a switch again at quarterback going back to Carson Wentz after Heineke struggled in their last game. So, you know, the Lions is right there for the taking for them. So uh, this is a big game for them. Um, I, I think they end up winning this game as well. I'm going to go with the close score of 30 to 27. I think it is going to be a high-scoring game once again. Between these two teams, are playing in a dome. I think that bodes well for Justin Fields as a runner to have another big game, scrambling and making plays with his feet um, as well. As for my X factor, you know, the Bears are not going to have Darnold Mooney. They're probably not going to have Chase Claypool, I think. So definitely down on some weapons here. I, you know, for me, my X factor is going to be Cole Komet in this one because the last time these two teams faced off, Cole Komet, he had one of his better games of the season, if not his best game of the season. He had two touchdowns, including uh, that one long touchdown that he had where you know he got open off on a coverage bust. He also got open in the red zone for another touchdown. Um, just made a bunch of plays in the receiving game. They're going to need him to step up and kind of be a true weapon in the passing game, not a guy who just takes advantage of busted coverages and um, getting schemed open, like a guy who can be a legitimate weapon for them. You know, he, he's played well this year. He's had um, probably his best season as a Bear um, in his third season. He's gotten better every year. You know, is he a true difference maker at tight end? I don't know, but um, – you know, he's certainly someone who has definitely um, put himself in a position to ex- potentially get extended here, um, get, get his contract extension. Um, 
and be a long-term piece for this regime here as they um, look to see who their pieces are moving forward. And Cole Kmet certainly put his name in the ring there as a guy who could make sense for them to extend here. So um, he's going to have to be, have a big game here. He's going to be their top target for the Bears here um, in the passing game. You know, him and Justin Fields are going to have to make some big plays through the air. And if he can be a guy that can be that security blanket in this in this matchup here. Um, that's going to bode well for this passing game because they're going to need the passing game to show up. It can't just be Justin Fields making plays with his feet and scrambling for a bunch of yards and making you know, ridiculous you know plays uh, for long touchdowns and whatnot. Like they need to get the passing game going here over the next two weeks to close the season and get some momentum going on that on that front because it's just really watching this passing te- attack operate week in and week out. It's pathetic at this point. There's just not nobody getting separation, uh, nobody making. T- tough contested catches or nobody really helping out Justin here. So Cole, he, he's going to have to have a big game to do that. And if he can, like the bears, they have a chance to pull off the upset here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the Lions are going to win this one. It's going to be a high scoring game. Um, once again, um, I'm really excited to see how they work in Jameson Williams. I haven't been able to watch the lines closely since he got back. So um, certainly if they can, you know, if the bears can slow down this passing attack, once again, um, you know, that's going to bode well for them on defense, but offensively, they're going to need to show up as well and, and put up some points in this matchup. Um, with that said, that's going to do it for us here at the Picks for Polls podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and subscribe to us on all of our podca- podcasting platforms here at Blue Wire um, and the Bear Report. Uh, and also make sure to follow us on social media as well. You can follow us on, on uh, Twitter um, at Picks for Polls. Um, you said, where can our listeners find you on social media and find your work? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on social media at Usaid Koshal, and then you can check out my work on the Bear Report. Absolutely. Make sure to give Usaid a follow on social media. Make sure to check out his work as well. As for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AGFreeman25. You can find my work on the Bear Report as well. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Bear Report on YouTube as well. Uh, We really appreciate any likes and subscriptions that you guys give us there and any support goes a long way for us uh, on all of our um, platforms here and all of the media that we do for you guys, all the content that we put out there. So uh, we appreciate everyone. And we're very thankful for all the support that we've gotten from all of our listeners here at picture polls. And with that said, when, the next time that we talk about the bears and, and are with you guys again, um, it's going to be a new year. It's going to be 2023 the next time we're here at this podcast. So uh, looking forward to the new year. I hope everyone has a very safe weekend um, celebrating the new year. Um, and with that said, hopefully the Bears can get a win and you know maybe play spoiler here for this Detroit Lions team. Um, we'll see what happens for this next week. But until then, Bears fans, have yourself a great wet weekend. And, of course, have a great new year celebration as well. Um, have a good weekend and bear down. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.